Hello and welcome to this session about purchase lease options. Purchase options, call them what you like, we're going to be covering them here. My name is Mark Fitzgerald and it's great to have you joining me here today as well. So I'm hoping that you've heard of the tool that you can use in the property investing world called purchase lease options. They can be called purchase options. Fundamentally, they are where you and a landlord or a homeowner decide on a price to purchase their properties, but you're not gonna purchase the property right here, right now. You're gonna purchase the property sometime in the future, but you have the option to either buy the property, to either assign the property to somebody else to buy, or to hand the property back. Now there's different ways that you can do this. There is no one size fits all when it comes to this strategy, uh, when it comes to this property tool. I always call it a strategy, but it's not realistically. If your only strategy in property is to find purchase lease options, then you will be missing so many other deals out there. So it is a tool that you want to use, but you can use it in conjunction so when I say strategy, really you want to have, if purchase lease option is a major strategy of yours, you still want to be able to do something like title splitting, vendor finance, and use all of that in a strategy. Use all of those different tools to help you get the deals when you're going out there. Because if you just go, as I say, one dimensionally down the road to say, I'm, whatever I do now, I'm just going to try and find a purchase lease option deal. Um, you're going to miss all these other fantastic opportunities out there that a savvy investor, and let's face it, we want to be savvy and professional property investors. Um, we need to make sure that we are doing what uh, is required of us and knowing the different strategies. So and the different tools that we can use as well. So if you are uh, interested in purchase lease options and using that as a tool and really, really gaining your knowledge on it, then I'm hoping in this short session today, I can give you a really good understanding of how it can work. Okay, so a purchase option is where you agree to buy the property uh, and you have the option to buy it at a set sort of time period. That can be in the space of a few years. It doesn't have to necessarily be a date. Uh, and that is basically it. But they're normally used when you are uh, turning properties around quickly. So you wouldn't tend, although you can, but you wouldn't tend to have a purchase option over a lot of years and realistically lock it all in, not have control of the property or anything. If you're deal sourcing, purchase options are perfect to use to lock in the deals, to lock in the price, to make sure that um, the, 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 the deal cannot go from your grasp, so to speak, that nobody can come in here, can bamboozle you, uh, can take the deal away from you. Why? Because you've locked it in uh, and made sure that um, you, you are the middle person and you'll have an agreed set time for that as well. A purchase lease option is exactly what it says. It's the same. You lock in a purchase price, a time that when you're going to buy it, so to speak, you lock in the option. Uh, either you buy it or you can assign it to another investor or you can hand the property back. I never like to look at that, but we'll talk about that in a minute. But it is an option and you lease the property from the owner right here, right now. Now, when I say leasing the property, it's very much like a rent to rent where you would offer a guaranteed, probably a guaranteed rent each and every month. You don't always have to, okay? And as I say, there are so many different 
ways you can do these deals, it, they are great because this tool really does open up the market to you to be able to work with people and make it a win-win for everybody else. Because it's not just us that wants to win from this. We have to make sure that any deals that we're doing, whether it's with um, you know homeowners and their properties, whether it's with landlords, with rental properties, that we are doing ethical deals. We are not taking advantage of anybody and we're making sure, as we always say, that it's a win-win for all parties. So those are basically what you've got there. So I, I like to do rent to rent. Okay, now rent to rent is realistically a bit like a purchase lease option, but we just haven't agreed to buy the property in the future. Um, so a purchase lease option is actually a better deal to do. And I have managed to do purchase lease options on uh, a couple of the rent to rent deals that I've had. Overall, I've probably tried to do five or six purchase lease options with different people, uh, and I've managed to secure three. So, you know, 50% hit rates, not bad, not bad at all. Uh, sometimes, you know, on a few of those occasions, the landlords uh, or the homeowners just didn't want to do them, and that's fine. That's great. We can walk away. We can, you know, leave them in a better place, try and help and point them in the right direction. But uh, they didn't work for them. Uh, another one, we couldn't, we couldn't get the numbers to match. The deal just couldn't work for both parties. And again, it's not something that I'll never say no to again. It just didn't work in that moment. And of course, the other ones, I did two with landlords that I have in my existing portfolio at the moment. Um, so I have locked in a couple of those deals to, to buy in the future. Uh, and at the moment, they are locked into mortgage terms with uh, obviously their mortgage providers. So it works very well for me because we're looking at basically uh, using the option to buy the properties when their mortgage terms finish. A, because interest rates obviously have gone up. We didn't know that with a couple of these deals uh, at the time. Uh, obviously, we always thought interest rates were going to be going up, but they've got a nice little mortgage package that they're locked into nicely at the moment. So I'm basically, I'm babysitting their mortgage payments for them. I give them a guaranteed rent each month, which I do anyway, and I'm looking to purchase the properties for a set agreed price. Now, that agreed price was actually market price at the time of doing the deal. And we're going to go through why people will do these sorts of deals with you because sometimes we get it into our own head. It'll never work. Why would they agree to do something like that? If somebody's trying to sell their property right here, right now, why would they want to do something that potentially means that they'll sell the property in three to five years, even seven years time? Okay. So, we do need to remove what um, the, the limiting doubts, the limiting beliefs, should I say. We do need to remove limiting beliefs because most of the time the limiting beliefs are in our, our heads. There's a few different ways that you want to um, really approach people when it comes to lease options. You don't, first of all, want to be saying, let's do a purchase lease option or walking into a state agents and saying, you've got any purchase lease option deals? Well, they might say, well, what, what do you mean by that? Say, well, well. Properties that are for sale at the moment, I'm going to get lock-in agreement and I'll buy it in the future. You, you're just going to look like a fool at the end of the day. So you've got to make sure that you're savvy in what you're saying. And it really is all about conversations. But let's have a look at now some of the reasons why we believe or sometimes we think that people will not do these types of deals. Because it's easy for us to, to learn this great tool, I was going to say strategy then, this great tool, uh, and then implement, implement it into our property businesses. But again, if we don't actually believe that this will work, 
then sometimes it can make it very, very difficult when uh, we're trying to explain things because if we don't believe, they're not going to believe. Okay, so we have to make sure that we are first and foremost talking to people. I always say it, um, and, and loads of other people say it as well, which is great. But here at the Pin Community and everything, we know that property is a relationships business. Okay, it's the building up the know, like, and trust. It's making sure that you're doing deals in the right manner, in the right way, uh, and making it a win-win, win-win for everybody, a win for us, and a win for the vendor. Okay, that is paramount. That has to be the most important thing that we do here. Okay. So first and foremost, you've got to get in there, you've got to meet people and you've got to find out the problem. And I say this with anything you're doing in property, you have to find out the problem. Now, initially, in some cases, people will tell you the problem. Basically, I'm tired, I've had enough, I want to sell the property. That could be the problem. But sometimes there are underlining problems that make people um, not want to talk about what it is uh, that they're struggling with. So an owner would agree to this if they've had loads of hassle with the property. Maybe they're just fed up. I've had enough. I want this property off my hands. You can do that with a purchase lease option uh, deal very, very quickly, a lot quicker than if you're buying it, if you're trying to get finance on it, if you're trying to, even if you're a cash buyer, you know, you can still do a purchase lease option in about three to four weeks. You need to use the right solicitors to do this. Uh, and if you just use traditional solicitors that potentially have never heard of a lease option deal, have never um, really done many property deals, they may just end up trying to talk the vendor out of the deal completely because they don't understand it and they're not going to take the time to learn it. If they are going to take the time to learn it, it could cost you or the vendor an absolute fortune in time it takes them to learn this thing. So or learn, learn how to do purchase lease options properly. But we can go in now and we can remove the hassle. So if somebody's behind on their payments, if, uh, if, if they're just struggling because the properties aren't being managed right, or maybe they're self-managing and they've had enough, we can go in there, we can lock in a price and say, you know, I know you're trying to sell the property right here and now. Do you need any money up front? You know, are you relying on the money to go and buy something else, to go and move somewhere else? And if they're not, and they just say, nope, I just want to offload this property, I've had enough of it, that's a great opportunity to say, well, why don't we take the property on as if it's our own? We'll lease it off you, pay you a set rent so you get that money. We'll lock in the price. And of course, the price is the price that you want to pay. It could be below market value. It could be the actual price or it could be above market value. There's no right or wrong answers to that. It's really how the numbers stack for you. OK, some people will be worried about tax bills, will be worried about capital allowances as well. If they've got a few properties, they may want to stagger buying, um, selling their properties rather than getting hit with loads of capital gains tax and things. So of course, it's easier then to say, well, if they've got three or four properties or more, we will buy a property a year. So you might say, well, we'll buy one after 12 months, then we'll buy the next one after 24 months and so on and so on. So it gives their capital allowance a chance to reset itself so that they're only getting hit with the lower rate taxes. OK, and this can be very, very powerful when you've got a portfolio landlord. OK, and another way is just to explain it to them like that. People will get it. They'll think, yes, they're actually helping me and they're saving me money here. So it makes a lot of sense to be able to do that. And of course, 
when you're trying to explain these sorts of deals as well, uh, and the way that you want to structure them, you really are explaining it in a way that we're finding a solution to help you to make sure that you are getting the help that you need. Uh, and that certainty sometimes means that they're not so big on price, that they're not so, you know, trying to get every last, squeeze every last pound out of the deal. Um, if they're trying to sell the property, it's been on the market for a long time. And this is why this is such a powerful strategy right here, right now. Why? Because the market is stagnant. Okay. There are properties still selling. I don't believe at the moment we're in a crash or anything, but in some areas, the market is coming down. I see more and more for sale signs up sticking rather than saying sold straight away. More and more saying sold and then going back onto the market. Why? Because interest rates are here, there and everywhere. Mortgage companies are very strict at the moment and people don't know whether they're coming or going and you know they where they think they can afford to buy a property then you know the, the, the mortgage the interest rates change and then all of a sudden they can't afford to buy that property anymore so there's a lot of doubt in the market which is why this is such a powerful powerful tool to be using and to be mastering right here and right now which is why you know simon uh, andy the pin team always talk about this as a great strategy because it is a great strategy to use in conjunction with, as I say, title splitting, which is, you know, another one where you split down the properties and things. Using vendor finance as well is another way of doing things. And of course, you can use bridging loans and stuff. You know, you can use this on commercial properties. So you can incorporate this tool into all of these different strategies to be able to really give yourself the full toolbox of when you're walking in to anybody so you can help them. If they're in trouble, maybe they're behind on payments. You do have to be careful now. If somebody's in financial trouble, and I'm not here to give anybody tax advice or financial advice, I'm not FCA regulated, so please seek the professional advice for your circumstances. But if somebody is in financial trouble, and maybe the properties are costing them money, they're not being managed, they're not, they're empty, uh, and they're just, you know, struggling financially, you can, of course, lock in an agreement, take the properties on very, very quickly, and start paying them some money. Maybe they're behind on their mortgage payments. You could then take on the mortgage payment, so to speak, start getting that paid, speak to the mortgage company, maybe even on their behalf, uh, and start looking to help them. Mortgage companies do tend to like it, as long as it hasn't gone too far, uh, when people start paying uh, and start making up the arrears and stuff like that, and maybe even babysitting it in time that you say you know if I babysit it for an X amount of time then we're going to be looking to buy the property anyway so the mortgage company then thinks well okay I'm speaking to this person now they're interested in buying it they're locking in this agreement happy days in most cases obviously it doesn't always work out like that but we can of course go in there and help people that are in financial difficulty now the thing is you have to be careful with that and as I say I'm not giving you major advice here I'm just saying that if they are in financial trouble if they then go bankrupt over the next few years after you've done this deal and you maybe have locked in an agreement and done this deal for below market value, somebody could come knocking on your door just to see why they sold it at a reduced price and things. But obviously, if you're buying it for market value, they're not basically giving it to you as a way to offload it. Um, you'll be okay. But just be mindful of that fact, okay? And do seek the professional and proper advice. Maybe even get a disclaimer signed by the vendor or the homeowner or something like that, just to say that as of when we do this deal, you aren't going to go into bankruptcy or anything like that. You know, you're not just offloading this because of that reason. If they are, it's a different discussion because you have to make sure you cover yourself. You don't want to do a deal, spend out all this money only to basically find yourself in a bit of bother just because um, they're in a bit of bother, okay? So you 
don't want anybody else's headache when you're doing deals like this, okay? So, of course, another one is they maybe need to sell the property or want to sell the property, but they uh, will get, you know, an early redemption penalty from their mortgage company. So the deals I've done, uh, the mortgage have been locked in. So they've been locked in for a few years. The landlords are just thinking about selling. Well, I might sell in the future at the moment. We're doing rent-to-rent deals, so we're locking them in. I always say any rent-to-rent deals I do, if you want to sell the property, please come to me first because I may very well be able to do uh, a deal with you. We can get rid of estate agent's fees. In most cases, I may even cover the solicitor's fees for the whole things. We could lock in a price now. I'll take the property on as if it's my own and really cover all the running costs. I'll pay you, you know, the mortgage plus a little bit extra as a little sweetener. So you're still making money uh, and we make it a win-win for everybody like that. So if... Um, if somebody is interested in selling and they're a bit worried about, you know, uh, early early redemption penalties, they don't need the money now. And that's the fundamental thing is. Uh, but sometimes you could have a property that's worth £400,000, £300,000, even a million pounds. But they've remortgaged it so many times that there's not a great deal of equity there. So realistically, they might be thinking, well, if I sold it now, I'd probably only make about 20 grand. Uh, but I could do with that 20 grand. Now, if you're in the right position, you could say, well, I tell you what, let's lock it in at this price. Um, and we'll give you the 20 grand up front. So you get your 20 grand, the equity's gone and everything. And then, of course, hopefully over that time, most cases, property prices do go back up. So you can ride out any sort of downturns that we might be having now. And then uh, you, you'll get your 20 grand back in, in the capital growth. Now, you can't guarantee that. So make sure that you're going to have good cash flow in the property as well in that time. But again, there's so many different ways you can do this amazing strategy. And of course, a portfolio landlord who's got a good handful or a couple of handfuls of properties will really, really be keen to do uh, this sort of deal with you where you can stagger buying the properties from them. Now, some cases you could look at a portfolio, you could say maybe there's 10 properties you could say i tell you what there's five properties that i want because i really like those there's five properties that maybe i'll assign and sell to other people so you lock in those agreements you lock in those prices and really when you do purchase lease options on a portfolio each property has to have its own contract okay you don't want to do one thinking i'm going to go cheaper i'm going to do one contract for the whole portfolio no 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 each property has to have its own contract so you're talking you know on 10 properties 10 solicitor fees, 10 solicitor fees for you, 10 solicitor fees for the homeowners or, or, or the portfolio landlord. And that can soon mount up. And there's no guarantees, as with anything in life, that you are going to get the end result that you want, that you are actually going to get the deal to work for you. So some people get funny, uh, get giddy. Oh, I found a portfolio landlord. That's brilliant. But you've got to do your due diligence on 10 properties. You've got to view 10 properties. You've got to make the offers on 10 properties. You've got to get the solicitor on 10 properties, evaluations. You've got to get everything done. And that is time and that is cost. And that will take you time to do as well. It can take a very long time and a lot of hard work to go through for all of a sudden somebody to whisper in the landlord's ear and just say, well, I'm not sure this is such a good idea. They get the doubt, they get the buyer's remorse and the deal falls through. So don't just think that everything's assured. You really got to go into it with a level of certainty. And that is why you have to make sure the deals work for you and deals work for the landlords, the agents, the homeowners as well. Because if there is any buyer's remorse, then as you're going through the process, they pull out, it can cost you a lot of time and money yourself. So this, whilst being a superb tool, 
you also need to be mindful of the fact that it's not just, you know, as soon as you shake hands, happy days, we're in the game here. It still requires a lot of work. And I say this to anybody, property isn't easy, okay? It certainly isn't easy if you don't know what you're doing. So realistically, do make sure that you know what you're doing with any strategies that you are uh, or or tools or any systems. I keep saying strategies about any tools in in the property market that you want to be doing. Do make sure that you know what you're doing. Make sure that you're surrounded by experts. Make sure you're surrounded by people who are doing what it is you do. And this is what I love about communities. This is what I love about putting yourself in those communities, in those educational communities. Okay. So the value basically on most of the deals that you do, if it's over a few terms, should go up. So you should be able to get that capital growth. Now, another question that's always put to me by people and my, and people I work with and stuff is, well, they're going to miss out on the capital growth. Well, you've got to put it in such a way that potentially you could pay them a percentage of the capital growth to say if the property goes up, I'll pay 25% or even 50% of the capital growth, depending on you. But if it goes down, then it works that way as well. I always like to say there's up, there's pluses and minuses. You could say, well, we've locked the price in now. Let's say it goes up 20 grand by the time I buy it. If you look at how many years I'm going to be paying you this set rent, and if it's HMOs and stuff, it'd probably be, you know, quite a high set rent you'll have made over 20 grand. So you'll actually be selling your house to me now in effect for like, let's say 200,000 pounds. Then over the course of the next few years, I'm paying you this set rent and I pay you another 30,000 pounds in the lease fee, which is the guaranteed rent if you like. Um, So you're actually selling your house for 230,000 pounds. Now in that time of three years, I doubt very much it'll have gone up 30 grand. So you're actually better off. And of course that gives you some scope for negotiations as well. You can obviously negotiate that the fee that you pay each month comes off of the end price. So if you were to pay the landlord a thousand pounds a month, you could say a thousand pounds comes off the end price when we actually release it. So in effect, we're buying the property off you in installments. You will still get the fee of 200,000 pounds, but obviously once that's come down a bit, Um, and you haven't got any hassle or anything like that at the moment, Um, it can work very, very well for them. So make sure that when you get out there, you're finding out why people are selling, why people potentially are are renting. And if you see a property that is for rent and for sale, that is a really, really good opportunity for you to go in there, find out what they need, why why it's both. And this is what I've done with one of the properties now that I live in. It was up for sale. It didn't sell. Um, I ignored it anyway because I wasn't looking at buying it. Very nice house. Uh, And then all of a sudden, a couple of months later, I saw it for rent. Boom. Uh, Just because I recognized it because I really liked the house and I thought I could live there. Um, So I jumped on that and I went and spoke to the vendor and everything like that. And we've done a purchase lease option on the property. He has a problem, um, which was uh, he's already bought another house. He's already, uh, because it didn't sell, he took the equity out of it. He remortgaged the property. So he's locked into an agreement at the moment. So when I came to him then, he wasn't really looking at selling. He was looking at renting because he's now locked it into uh, a a, a sort of a buy-to-let mortgage, if you like. Um, so it, it worked perfectly. I'll babysit that mortgage now until the end of its term. He gets his rents as well. Uh, I get to new house. He's a happy man. And of course, I've done it with my um, rent to rent deals as well with two of those. Uh, one of them, there's no mortgage on the property. The landlord is interested in selling in the future. So we've locked in an agreement, which we're coming close to now. 
Uh, each month, the monthly fee that I pay him comes off of the end price. So that's a really, really good one. And another six bed that we've done it on, it has got a mortgage. It is locked in until uh, about the end of 2026. So when it gets to the end of there, we will look to take the option on it and buy the property. So in that time, the rent that I pay doesn't come off the end price of that one, but we have got a slightly reduced price on it. It needs a little bit of work here or there as well. Kitchen could do with sprucing up and things, but it's very, very powerful. It's very, very good. But you've just got to talk to people. You've got to, you know, not bamboozle them with anything like that. You've just got to see what they need. And if they can wait for the money, or maybe there's no money in there and they've got a problem that you can help them with, you can start to explain it in such a way that we can help you right here and now by, you know, sort of following our terms uh, and we'll give you your price. Or if we pay your price, you know, uh, you, you follow our terms. So it really is a case of, you know, maybe somebody will give you a reduced price, in which case you can sort of go along their terms and see what they want to do. Or if, um, if we we're going to give them their price, we could say, well, we can give you that price, but you just need to work on our, our terms as well. So I hope I've cleared that one up a bit as well. So purchase lease options is a very, very, very powerful tool to use in the property world. And I hope this has helped you understand a little bit more about those. So if you've enjoyed this episode, which I hope you have, and you need any help, help, please visit thepropertyunleashed.com. Okay. Uh, www.propertyunleashed.com. We have some free tools and resources there. We also have training uh, for rent to rent service accommodation. We have free masterclass. We have free deal analyzing spreadsheets that you can download and eBooks as well. If you need any help or any coaching, we do offer one-to-one coaching. We have a couple of places left on that. Uh, in fact, we we might only have one place left on that. So if you are keen and interested and you want to find out more, visit thepropertyunleashed.com, uh, reach out to us, uh, have a little chat with us, and we'll be happy to speak to you uh, on Zoom or anything like that to see if we can help you and point you in the right direction. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I've enjoyed bringing it to you. You take care and bye for now.